Welcome back to our next episode of Doggone Truth about Rescue with Always and Forever. Tonight we are diving into, I finally found out how to say this correctly, the Osawatomie Pound. It's heard of as the Oz Pound, so that's where we got the miscommunication from. Thank you, Jen, for that. So now we know how to say it correctly. Going forward is Osawatomie Pound. So I'd like our guests to introduce ourselves that are there day in and day out and some when they're able to. So we'll start with you. I'm Dina, and I'm the manager out at the Oswatomie Pound, and I've been there with uh, A&F for four years from the day we got in there. I'm Wendy Curry. I'm a volunteer. I also foster cats and dogs from the pound, and I've been out there almost, it'll be two years in October. And I'm Terry. I've been a volunteer with Always and Forever since probably the second month they opened. I've been specifically with the pound for four years since we got in there, too. So two follow-up questions. First, how did you find out about Always and Forever? And then how did you get into your position now at Osawatomie? I'm going to catch myself all episode now. (laughs) I was actually volunteering with and fostering through another rescue. And I started following Always and Forever. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is great. I love this. And so I was still with the other rescue and and then all of a sudden one of the girls said hey they're gonna start taking over the Osawatomie Pound in July and I'm like what so I got on there and looked and sure enough and I jumped on it and that's how I've been out there for four years now. I was following it um, I saw when Jim was just getting started and doing it for old dogs and I have a soft spot for the old dogs and always wanted to adopt old dogs and things like that and give them a good home and so I followed it and then one day I just stopped and dropped off some donation stuff, blankets and things, and I said, hey, I want to volunteer. And it was during COVID then, so they go, I told them where I lived, and they said, call Dina. <laughs> so I called Dina, and she said, show up on Sunday. So I did, and she gave me the biggest dog she had there to walk for the first time. <laughs> and who was that? Uh, Bubba. And uh, he's a big boy. Anyway, and then it's kind of history from there then I started dragging things home and (laughs) everything else so I started a friend of mine Marie Fabriches she had started volunteering just shortly before I did and then uh, she brought me in on it and so we were there when it was just truly volunteers that were taking doing things at the barn and then when they did start getting into the pound and stuff because I live in Paola which is very close to Osawatomie it was very easy for me to just jump down there real quick and help out and they didn't have I think they only had two people working at the time or yeah we only had two people because you and Linda me and Linda Mac were and they weren't even really working there they were just volunteering their time too just to go down and so I would go whenever I could as a busy mom and working two jobs I would go down and try to help out wherever I could and that's kind of how I started doing it and every now and again I'll take a foster of you know the dogs that can't be around any other dogs and I think I took a cat or two a baby one or two from the pound and uh yeah that's about it for our two volunteers what is your full-time job outside of always and forever and how do you juggle between volunteering and your schedule of your kids and sports and what you do for a living so I'm a sign language interpreter and I work for a local school district and then I also do video relay so I have two jobs, um, but this this is my extra. This is this is what I do just for me because I love animals, and because my husband and I have kind of decided that we don't want any full time animals. We really can't have full time animals on our own just because we're gone from our house for way too long. So we don't have our own animals, but going to the barn and going to the pound is my way of satisfying that. And 
when we first started out, it was kind of a chore to get down there because I did have a very active sports life with my two kids. And so just whenever I had a free moment, I would say, hey, you need some help. And I'd go down and either go to the pound or go to the barn. Initially, we started going to the barn for my son to get some volunteer hours for his school and so that got us started with it and then he decided yeah this isn't really my thing so but it was mine so I kept on doing it and stuff now it's now they're all grown and and well they haven't flown they're still with me but they're grown so I have more time that I can come and hopefully spend more time in the pound summers are usually easier for that so I'm in sales I sell food ingredients to food manufacturers and I set my own schedule as far as travel goes and I work from home I don't have to go to the office so it works out so I can run cats or dogs to the vet or whatever if they need transport whatever I can help out for me this is my happy place my job's really stressful my husband's like you gotta find something that makes you happy and this even though this is stressful too it makes me really happy and I've met some great people and made some really good friends Being that this is our first episode having volunteers, I just want to give a huge shout out to you two today. But when volunteers can volunteer their time elsewhere, all our volunteers decide to come to Always and Forever and and volunteer their time. So huge shout out to you two and all our volunteers at Always and Forever. Dina, can you tell us the history of the Osawatomie Pound? How far you want me to go back? Since oh. always and forever started? Yeah, or back? A little bit before that, because I think it's really important for listeners to know the state that it was in before we stepped okay. in. Good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the background of it. Okay. I actually live in Osawatomi, and I've known about the pound for 40 years. So I've always wanted to do something to get somebody in there. And Jen's always, this is kind of a funny thing, is when ANF did get in there, they told them I couldn't go in there because I they knew, I know what was going on in there. Because when the Osawatomie got, pound got full, after three days, they would euthanize the dogs in there. So they didn't try to find their homes. They did not try to find owners. They didn't try to get them adopted and stuff. So... They were automatically put down, cats, dogs, whatever. They didn't. They didn't discriminate. So once Jen got in there, you didn't even have to walk in the building because this place stunk so bad. They would free feed the dogs. Maybe a person would come out every two or three days and clean the kennels and give them fresh water or feed, fill their food bucket up if the dog was there, like on a bite hold. Of course, they have to hold those for 10 days. So, you know, they would go in and clean the kennels and stuff about every two to three days on those dogs. But it was so horrible, you couldn't even stand the smell. I mean, it, you'd just be outside the building, and it was atrocious. So we all got together. Um, Jen managed to get her way in there. We all bed out there. There was a caravan, probably, I don't know, 50 cars. You know, we got there. We went in. We got all the animals out. And there was some in there, but we still got them all outside with people to walk. And it was kind of funny because poor Connie, um, they give her the biggest bread. And this poor dog was huge and dragging Connie all over the place. So while they were out walking the dogs, um, there was like four or five dogs. And um, we were in there scrubbing kennels. I mean, we must have went through 100 gallons of bleach just trying to bleach this place. And... Nowadays, when you walk in there, there's no smell because we keep it clean. We're there from 7 to 7, seven days a week. Um, there's no days off. Literally, the dogs 
and the cats i mean they're all taken care of i mean you know there's a one of them pees on the floor we immediately clean it so there's no smell but the back history is osawatomie was not a good place it was not a very good place and like i said they didn't want me in there because they knew i knew what was happening and of course i live there and i have people that know me personally I had horror stories, people that were city employees, uh, friends, they were all messaging me and saying, thank you guys for helping these animals. They need you guys. So, How did the connection with Always and Forever and Oswatomi begin? Did Oswatomi go to Always and Forever? Or did Always and Forever reach out to Oswatomi? Jen reached out to the mayor of Oswatomi at the time, which was Mark Gavea. Actually, she reached out to Cindy Gavea, which was Mark's wife. And this is to how sad it is. The mayor and his wife did not know they had a pound. They did not know there was anything. They didn't even know that. They're like, what are you talking about? Jen's like, there's this pound that you guys are actually euthanizing dogs and cats because they're full. We only have 12 large kennels. And so when, well, Cindy and Mark found out about it, they're like investigating of trying to find out. And they're like, yeah, we'll let you in. Yeah, with no problem. Well, I, I think the, the way Jen actually found the pound was, I think they did, I think there was a rescue prior to us being involved that would occasionally put their dogs out on the pound. And I believe Jen saw a couple of pups that she wanted to go and, and bring to the barn. And that's how she even was able to see the pound and know that it was there in the first place. And when she saw what a horror it was and that that the dogs were sitting in their own feces, in their own pee, nobody walked them, nobody took care of them. And when, when Dina says free feeding, she's being very generous with that. They had bu- buckets, like literally water buckets, that they would just fill to the top with food and let sit for weeks on end. And the water would just have hair and everything in it, bugs flying around in it. These poor dogs, they, they, you could tell that they just were losing their life just because they were sitting in a, in a kennel and not being taken care of. And that's definitely not the part now. Because every, every oh gosh, every 30 minutes or so, another dog gets walked. They, they get walked every, it's constant. We, we rotate one in, we rotate one out as far as walks go. But yeah, I think that's how Jen first got into the pound and discovered that it was in there. And even still today, I'll talk to people, because I live in Paola, which is just right north of Osawatomi. I'll talk to people today and they're like, we have we have a pound? What? what? Where? Where's the pound at? Nobody knows that it's there because it just has never properly been publicized. It has now across the world. <laughs> There is no physical address. So when we get people that want to come out and volunteer, they're like, Dina, what's the address? And I'm like, um, there's no physical address. There's no signage on the building. We're out behind a golf course. That they People think it, that we are actually part of the golf course. They think it's maybe like a utility shed. I tell them Beaver Lake Road in Osawatomie, Kansas. You put that in your GPS and it brings you right to it. But there's no signage, nothing out there. And to t- what Terry says, Linda Mack was with ANF at the time. She had worked with the other rescue and had gone in there and told Jen about it. That's how we got in there and stuff. When it was in that bad of a state, I think of the restaurants that have health inspections and everything like that, and it being underneath the county, it's the county pound, correct? No, the city. Just the, just the city pound. Mm-hmm. But is there still not regulations where it was getting checked and not passing? From what I understand, there were no inspections done on it. 
and and the last four years that I've been there, we've had two, and so they were not inspecting it like they should have. And I want to make a statement about that. It is the Department of Ag that does those inspections, and I know there were some county council people that were confused about that, but yes, the Kansas Department of Ag regulates cats and dogs. Dina, um, earlier you just mentioned about 12 kennels. Are there 12 dogs there that we care of? Right now we have 10 dogs. The kennels have a middle part in it that I can shut so I can make it into 12 kennels, but it technically is only six kennels. And then when you shut it, I can make 12 for big dogs. Right now I have two dogs that just came in last night on a bite, well, not a bite hold. They've aggressively attacked several dogs in a sylvotomy. One of them is probably about 130, 140 pound Akita male. He's a big boy. They don't want us walking them because they're dangerous. I took him out to go potty. He was fine. It just, he can't be around other dogs. So, but I have 12 big kennels that are four by four. And then I have two medium kennels and four littles. And here in the last two months, we have been full. I get two out, I gain three. I get three out, I gain four. I mean, it's just been like that here lately. You also have, what, eight cat kennels? Mm -hmm. And the cats and dogs are all in the same building, and we just keep the cats so they can't see the dogs. Sometimes we get so many cats that we have to put them on the dog side in the smaller kennels, and we put a blanket up because they're just they're terrified when they come in, too. So we do that for the, for the kitties, and we've got, what, six, six kitties? And is it true that since we have taken over the pound that not a single animal has been euthanized? That is correct. We did have a cat that was sick. We let him go because he was FLV, which is like kitty leukemia. But other than that, we have not euthanized any animal because we don't have space out there. You know, we work around it. Is it getting them into fosters, adopting, moving them into other barns where, like you were saying, you get three out? three in. I notice when I pay attention on Facebook that you've started posting even when the hold is happening to start promoting them earlier, which I think is fantastic. So then it just gives that early time to get everything rolling and getting the applications in. Do people push back if they do apply and really want a dog, but then the owners come through? Does that happen often? It doesn't happen that often. In the state of Kansas, it's only three day actually is what we're supposed to technically hold the animals. With Osawatomy, we had an issue with the Brittany at one time. We sent it to a rescue after the hold was up and the people come back and wanted it. But, of course, it was already gone. It had been adopted through a Brittany rescue. I do have access to the Osawatomy page, uh, the Osawatomy Pound and Cat page. So I post them there, and then I also post them on the Miami County Lost, Miami County Lost and Found, trying to find owners. Now, we did have a situation. We had a dog in. The police department didn't tell us that the dog's owners were known. We went ahead and got him vetted, got him neutered, everything. So the police department come back to us and said, hey, can you please give this dog to the owner? We screwed up. We're like, okay, yeah, we'll do it. It wasn't even three weeks. I said, guys, I give it two to three weeks and this dog's going to be back. Sure enough, Rubik's Cube showed back up. And the owner wanted him so bad he's like i want my dog back but he wouldn't go to the police department because he knew he was going to get a ticket or get arrested he wouldn't open the door to the police so i work closely very closely with the city of oswatomi paola and miami county i mean 
you know, I've made a, I've got to be that person, the voice for the dogs out there with them. So I called one of our detectives and I said, hey, look, you know, Rubik's Cube's back. What are we doing with him? He said, Dina, get him out of there. He wasn't even, he got into a foster home. He was at, gone for probably two days and got adopted. And the owner was begging us to, to let him adopt it. And I'm like, no, he is not getting this dog back. He is not taking care of him. So Rubik's Cube got adopted and he's living the best life now. What is the percentage of dogs that are returned to their owners that come in as um, straight? Last year we did 301 animals. And out of that, 62 or 60, Wendy's got, she's got my numbers. We were, I think you said 65. 65 of those animals re returned. And most of them were dogs. I did have maybe three or four cats. Most people, I've got a cat right now at the pound that's got a collar on. I've posted him and nobody's come forward for him. So, you know, I'm thinking, okay, if they're wanting their cat, you know, it's got a collar on. They must love it. It may have just got out. Now, we'll get him fixed and get him to the pet smart. So to tag on that from what Dina was saying about um, when, when owners come back for their dogs, we did have one dog, and I don't remember the dog's name, but we had this dog for a long time. And it, so long that eventually that dog went onto the barn and had, I think, an adopter ready. And wasn't the, the owner was a traveling nurse? and had been out yeah, of that was sharp. Sharpie. 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 Yeah, because of Dina's advocacy and her ability to get him out on Facebook and because of ANF constantly putting him out there, found that the, the person that he had left the dog with, had the dog had gotten out, and I guess the person didn't make much of an attempt to try to find it. So when the, when the guy finally came back, we were able to reunite Sharpie with his owner. So those things do happen, and we've had multiple dogs that have been brought into the count, to the pound on court cases. Those dogs we can't really promote. We can't post because of the court case. But there was one where the, the family wanted him back really bad, but they had to wait till they could get the fine money and all this other stuff. And I don't believe we posted the dog. Did we? We Do did. Dodge? Dodge. Yeah. So we, so they, they were able to kind of see the care that we were giving the dog. And that family was so immensely grateful to Dina and to all of us who for taking care of this dog because that was their pride and joy. They, they loved that dog. I don't remember the specifics of the case, but, um, but they did end up getting the dog back. And so the, those are some of the success stories that we get. And I consider a reuniting with a good dog owner a success story for the pound. And then anytime we can get him adopted out, of course. I think my most favorite reunited dog was Paco Right. recently. He yeah. was from Blue Springs? No, he was from Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. He was stole. Uh, Paco was a pity that came in, and he was microchipped. And we ran the chip, and I found out that he had been stolen 14 months ago, and they couldn't find him. Somebody had immunosawatomy, and he got loose and they couldn't prove their ownership of him so I called Paco's owner and they still give me updates and stuff on him but he had been stolen 14 months ago for that and the dog that Terry's talking about was Dodge he was claimed that he had killed a neighbor's cat but it was never proven so the courts made him surrender it and then they told him well they, we can't prove it so you can have him back so he got to go back home and I get updates on him too yeah. What I'm hearing from all these stories is that there is a huge need for the Osawatomi Pound um, from success stories and reconnecting and just the great care that is able to provide to these dogs now. So I want to hear each of your thoughts on the conditional permit use hearing 
um, sorry, the conditional use permit hearing and the future of the Osawatomi Pound. Well, the future of the Osawatomi Pound is hopefully it's going to be shut down once we get this conditional use permit. We need it badly. We don't have the space. We don't have the room to care for all of these animals. I mean, right now I can only take in 12 dogs and they're turning, the police departments are turning away dogs because I don't have room. So my, I'm ecstatic. I cannot wait for this new building. And I know we're going to be going back again up in front of the planning committee. So we are going to need everybody's support again. We're going to need your help pushing letters, coming to the meetings, whatever, just so that we could get this conditional use because we need this Miami County shelter. My officer that does the Miami County Animal Control, he's like, I'm going to start taking the dogs to the planning committees, <laughs> drop them in their front yard. He's not, but, the, you know, he's that aggravated. He's behind us 100%. So for me, yes, definitely. It's definitely a need. And from a business perspective, I think about how I do things at work. And for me, it's we have to push the value the value to the taxpayers of Miami County, the value to everybody's safety there, the value, dollars talk, the value needs to be pushed. I also think we really need to, I was talking to Dina about this a little bit, we need to really talk about it a lot, maybe go to the fair, the Miami County Fair, um, the different parades, all the different events. We did the Roots Festival last year. We really need to get the citizens of Miami County more involved yeah it just it, we really need to push it in miami county a lot harder especially i think terry made a few comments of people not even knowing that there is a pound or the mayor not even knowing there is a pound so they don't even know that a new pound is needed if they don't even know it exists in the first place yeah and, and you see a lot of times you see people they know there's a pound but they still think it's like it was where oh my dog got euthanized when it was there before and it was less than three days so it people don't know what's really happening we just need to get it out there make it more visible exactly what those two said uh, the the need is tremendous we do service miami county as a whole specifically osawatomie specifically payola those places have contracts with the city of osawatomie so they do bring their dogs there but also miami county as a whole the sheriff department will bring their dogs in too so we impact the whole of miami county and not to mention just ANF in general, the outreach that they do for the city of Spring Hill and Payola and, and any other cities that in Osawatomie, you know, all of the outreach that we've done, the, the greater good I feel is being overlooked for the good of a small, for lack of a better term, Brigadoon community that just doesn't want to, they, they see the value, they, they think ANF is a great thing, but they just don't want it at their doorstep. Well, the fact is it's there, and we're going to be there. We're going to continue to knock, and we're going to continue to knock until their little Brigadoon wall falls down, and we can build our pound and the homestead. It's going to happen eventually. So I know within the last month, if I'm not mistaken, there was a huge need for an air condition. Thanks to our thumb, everyone that donated to help with that. What are the highest needs at the moment? So right now, yes, I want to thank all of our volunteers, all of our followers that helped us get the air conditioner. Um, this, the actual air conditioner has been broke for over a year, and it was not as warm as it has been, but it was like 85, 90 degrees in that building. 
and you know there's no air flowing or nothing so thank you guys from the bottom of my heart the dog's heart they have air or they're gonna have air so right now the state of Kansas did come in and do the inspection and the city failed because of the dog kennels they're rusted these kennels guys are 40 years old you know a dog pees a male pees on them and they're getting rusty there's metal sharp parts um, the guillotine the middle pieces don't go up and down like they should so the city the the gentleman that I deal with that works for the city has been telling them we need new kennels if a and doesn't get their conditional use permit, you guys are going to need to start buying kennels. So um, we're hoping that the city starts buying some new kennels to put in there for right now, especially for the bigger dogs. But the donations for the pups out there, you know, right now our biggest thing is we need bleach. Um, you know, pa parvo season's coming with this summer and stuff. I mean, parvo's every year, or uh, year-round, but it gets worse during the summer. Last year I had four or five cases of parvo so you know we're out there until midnight one o'clock having dogs and kennels outside so we can scrub this whole entire place down to get rid of the parvo so that no other dog gets it and gets sick because we don't know what we're getting when we're when we get a dog in, we don't get to choose and pick and stuff what kind of dogs comes in so you know we get puppies in all the time with parvo and stuff so but other than that, you know, we're, we're doing really good out there. We are finally getting a fenced-in yard, two of them. Yay! <laughs> so yard yard toys are going to be a thing of yeah. the future, and, and we probably will need maybe some shade things to put over the fence. No, maybe not? Okay. No, I have that already planned out. They do have it planned out. Okay. I'm just excited for the play yards, because prior to that happening, it's strictly leash walk. So whenever a dog gets a zoomie, you better hope you have a strong hold on your arm and that you've got good footing. Otherwise, you're going to go down with the dog when they zoom me around you. This play yard is going to allow these dogs to be dogs, truly. And, and they're going to be able to run and do all of the stuff and get all those wiggles out so that they're not so antsy in the kennels. Because we have a lot of dogs. We have had a lot of dogs in the past and continue to. They get kind of, they call it kennel crazy, just because they're, they're stuck. And, and these dogs bite believe me are by no means stuck in these kennels because like I said they're walked all the time but it's just not the same as getting that free play it would be the same as an adult only being able to run on a treadmill exactly <laughs> and I need are, I need more than that right and we are going to actually do a, another fundraiser um, we did one about a year ago but we're needing a little bit extra for the the fencing so kind of keep an eye out for that we're going to try to get that fundraiser going and stuff but the play yard's big a big thing we have uh one of our co our cat coordinator her boys are in eagle scouts and they're having to do some projects so they're going to do some stuff for us for that for the uh play yards and stuff if you're a listener how can you volunteer at the pound you can go on to the alwaysandforever.org and fill out a waiver form and fill out the genie or you can always um, send a message to the Oz shelter at alwaysandforever.love and set up an appointment with me and come out. We're always needing more volunteers out there. The more the merrier because we're always busy. <laughs> I think we could use some more doggy daters too because mm -hmm. it gets the dogs out. It's crazy a difference that makes just getting them out for a few hours and away. And it, it makes a big difference. 
we spoke about this on the last episode in regards to the sleepovers with the dogs. Osawatomies dogs are also available for those doggy dates. Always and Forever provides uh, the hotel stay and dinner. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go on our website to look up more information about that. And we actually have a hotel in Paola that, that does the doggy dates. They actually, we've had a couple of people do doggy dates and go to the Paola Hotel there and take the dogs and they love it. They absolutely does. It gets them away. It gives them a break. So if you need a night out in the country, head on down to Paola and pick up your dog. And is there, I don't want to sound ignorant, is there DoorDash out there? There is not. <laughs> oh no, there is. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Paola has DoorDash. Yeah, oh, okay. They do. See, I don't use it. <laughs> so you can get DoorDash, a dog, and a night out in the country. If not, call me. If not, text me. I'll bring it to you. Whatever you want, just let me know. There's restaurants really close to the hotel, several of them, so yeah. Perfect. All probably walking distance. So as we start wrapping up the episode, I want to kind of do a round robin of what is one thing you would like our listeners to know about the pound that we have not discussed. You can take a minute to think about it if you need to, or what it means to you personally or anything like that. Uh, the pound is my heart, and... You know, with me getting in there and Jen allowing me to be there has, you know, I don't spend much time at home. My husband and my kids are like, you're never home. And I'm like, but you know what? I'm a better person for what I'm doing. Because I tell you what, I and I, I take every bit of that out there, heart, you know, if if something's not done right, I'm like, girls, come on, we got to do better and stuff, you know. So the pound is my heart and soul. And it's made me a better person for where I'm at today. So for me, I get really defensive about the pound because <laughs> it's my heart too. And if you've been there and you've seen it and I, I see people comment about get them out of there, it's horrible there and things like that. What what you don't understand is they are, it, it, it's cosmetically it looks terrible. No, we don't have a yard yet. Um, there's a lot of things we don't have like the other barns do. Um, but they are very well taken care of and very well loved. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. So I, I definitely stick up for them. And I was telling somebody the other day, I said, you know, when I first came out here, I'd go home. And I'd, my very first foster was Brent. And uh, I'd go home, and he was so sad. And I'd go home, and I'd lay in bed at night. And if there was a storm or something, I'd lay there, and I'd feel really bad. Or it was cold. You know, it was in December or November, and it was cold. And I'd feel really bad. And I, and I had to finally tell myself, because I was losing sleep, um, they're safe. They're not being hit. They're not being shot at. They're not eating out of a garbage can. They're warm. They're very well taken care of. They're fine. We're going to get them a home. They're fine. So, I just want people to know that it's there. We do have a shelter. And for anyone who is in Paola or Osawatomie or Miami County in general, if you have lost an animal, contact your local police department. And if you don't have any success there, contact your sheriff. And if you don't have any success there, look on Facebook because I guarantee you Dina has posted it five times. And it has been shared out there 15 million times. And the pound 
it is it is my extra and it is all of our hearts we wouldn't be out there still if it wasn't just a part of our soul and when dina says it's her heart i literally she's about to build a house out there because the woman never ever leaves she doesn't have a day off ever even when she has a day off like if she wasn't here she would probably be at the pound oh dina's crying i didn't mean Go ahead, sir. It's not me crying this time. <laughs> Dina, thank you so much for everything you do. Oh. Thank you, guys. No, the pound is my heart and soul. And I cannot thank my volunteers that has come out and helped me. They work just as hard as I do. I mean, that manager title doesn't mean nothing. We're a team. And I have one amazing team out there. So I have to give credit to my volunteers and my employees. Oh, yeah. Uh, it gets done for Dina. <laughs> Everybody does it for Dina, and you do it Dina's way. And, and you know, I, I always worry that I'm not going to do it right, but I do it Dina's way. And I don't think that, I mean, the volunteer group that's out there, they are my extended family now. And it's all because of you, Dina, because you're, you're great. And we all see how she loves them, and, and it's great. I just wanted to add, you know, when we first got into the pound, it was a it was a big hullabaloo, and everybody came out to clean, and everybody wanted to walk the dogs and get this get this whipped into shape, and and then when it was all settled and done and everything was settled, everybody kind of just kind of went away for a little while, and there were times when it was just me and Dina when when Linda wasn't able to come anymore, it was just us, and. We both, at the time, had full-time jobs. Uh, of course, I have, but Dina worked a different job. And mornings at 5 o'clock in the morning, we're out trying to get dogs fed and walked. And, and they only got two walks, one in the morning and one in the evening when we first started out because we didn't have the huge group of workers and volunteers that we have now. And, and again, kudos to, to Dina and to ANF and and all of the people involved Marie was very very um, involved in getting that set up and getting our volunteers out there and um, yeah there there's been times that we have gone out at you know, Dina's I'm sure gone out middle of the night worried about a dog especially on the 4th of July or when they're doing their fireworks and stuff like that or if there's a storm or whatever or if the police officer just calls at 2 o'clock in the morning hey I got a dog she'll go out have to go out sometimes to meet them there so it's just, it's become a huge family, and I never want that to stop. No matter where we are, it will continue to be a huge family wherever the pound lands. Okay, I have something else I want to say about the pound. Can't help it. All right, so we're going to go back to cats because uh, the three of us. Oh, yes. Crazy see, yeah, we're a little, oop, I think we're a little nutty on the on the cat side we just enjoy the ferals yeah. a little bit more than everybody else okay that so feral. so we get feral kitties and um you know cats are different they come in and they're terrified and they don't know and there's dogs barking and they're sometimes they come out sometimes they don't sometimes sometimes it's a week sometimes it's two weeks i i don't know I, after the last go around with the kitten that was like maybe five weeks old that shot i thought i was golian <laughs> It shot out of that kennel. I mean, that cat went up over the top of me and out the kennel, scratched my head out. We're chasing it around in the pound trying to catch it. Well, you can't get it with a catch pole because it's not big enough. I'm laying on the ground in the pound chasing this cat. It was bad. And then uh, I don't remember who it was was there. 
so one of the workers was there. I was just transporting him to Beth's house. This is supposed to be an in and out deal. Anyway, ended up catching it and it was scratching and clawing and it took us about 30 minutes to catch it. I caught it. It shot out from, from some totes and I caught it. And I thought, if you let go of this kitten, you're never gonna catch it. And I, it was biting and clawing and I didn't let go of it. I did not let go of it because I wasn't gonna chase it anymore. But Can I one up you on that? Oh yeah, you go right ahead because this was a baby and now I'm terrified. All I can say is thank God it was a baby because we had the same scenario. Okay, picture three over 50 year old women trying to chase a feral, I'm assuming it was a tomcat, mm -hmm. huge monster of a cat. He'd gotten out. I forget what, what happened. We were trying to get him transported. We were trying to transport again. Yeah, and, and this time it was me, Dina, and Linda. <laughs> you want to talk about crazy cat people. We had brooms, mops, shovels, whatever we could find in our hand. Dina was running around with a catch pole trying to get it. We, we couldn't find it, first of all. We looked up in the rafters because it's open ceiling, so we're looking in the rafters. We spotted it, and it moved. Then it got behind... A, a safe that's in there. Dina, no, Linda is on her belly trying to get under the safe to grab the thing. Finally, it ended up, I think, over by a heater vent. So I'm, I'm at the heater vent, right? I've got my hand in it, and I finally had it. I had a hold of it, and then I think I had a glove on too, and the glove was slipping, and and so I wasn't. Gra this cat vaulted off of my forehead, <laughs> created its own little landing strip bit my hand. Now, I'm a sign language interpreter, people. I have to use my hands for work. My hand, two days later, swelled up like a balloon. And I'm trying to interpret. But this cat, we did finally catch it, finally. Mm -hmm. And we did get it transported, but yes. And, and so that's kind of how we all have earned our um, title as cat wranglers. Cat wranglers, yeah. Yeah, yeah but I just I just definitely want to say, you know, there there's lots of kitties. We have lots of kitties that come through there, lots of them. And some of them are amazing. And some of them end up going to be barn cats. They're they're really really great. So. Some of them are just scared and they, oh, they yeah. just they just need to have that quiet place uh, and they don't get that at the pound. No. Which again, if we can build the new shelter on the homestead, we will have a, a whole separate room. Sorry silent room for the cats so i don't think we'll have nearly the episodes that we have had recently <laughs> number one it'll be in an enclosed room so they won't be able to get that far but they'll be able to calm down a little bit more and then we'll be able to truly decide if they are feral in the respect that they're they're just very very shy feral and they're not around people i think i've decided there's multiple levels of feral there's the feral that just want to eat your face those you can tell right away then there's the feral that are just not used to people and i think we get majority of those because they're just they're outside cats and they've, they've not been handled properly or at all and so they just don't know what it is to be touched i need an update on the five week old kitten and the tom cat have they been adopted or are they still at oz pond so let's see that was bop it and uh, skip it or skippo skippo's a best still yeah, Skippo was the one that vaulted off my head, and I don't know how uh, it's doing. And I don't even know if it was a male or a female. The other one got adopted, I know that. The feral, I think, ended up going to a barn somewhere. Yep. We'll switch it up and choose a cat for our cover. Oh, I think we yeah. should do that. Usually is, we pick a dog. Yeah, is there a cat that you guys would like to? We could use stingrays or the kittens. That would be Yeah, cute. either stingray or the kittens. She could send that to you guys. Can you tell us a little about Stingray and the Kittens? 
Sure, Stingray uh, came into the pound. She's a tortie, and she's probably nine months old. I'd say she's not. She's not a full year old. Yeah. She's 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 a young mama. She came into the pound and was there. And Dina said, "Pretty sure she's pregnant." Oh, she's getting big. Pretty sure she's pregnant. <laughs> and you know, the pound is no place for anybody to have babies. So I said, "Well, fine. We'll take her home. We already have one of the fo- one foster kitty at home, but we'll take her." So we took her home, and two weeks later, she had three. She had the Dukes, Bo, Luke, and Daisy, and they are orange and white kittens. And they are four weeks. They were four weeks old on Monday. They were born May first. Love that. So you're gonna have to send me the picture of them, so then I can put on the cover. We're gonna have our first. We've had an episode of our first volunteers. And then an episode of our first cat being our cover girl. Yeah. That's great. We just did We've actually forgot to do this this season, but I'm going to bring it back now. Leave us with one quote or the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the words always and forever. Goodness, that's hard because heart and soul of the animals, you know, they pull at your heart and soul. They just want you to love them. It is hard. Um, For me, it's always needed. It's always going to be needed. And we're going to forever find forevers for everybody. I mean, you know, it's just amazing to me. Forevers for everybody. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Jen has said this multiple times. I don't know. Let's just go with it. Or or, that dog is probably about eight years old. (laughs) Yeah, Kingston, I guess, is nine. I don't know. I want to personally thank you all for driving up here. I know it's not right around the corner and coming into the city to record the episode. It really means a lot. And I really hope you all know the ripple effect that you have on everyone you come in contact to and all the animals. So 300 might be the number from last year, but that ripple effect is into the thousands. You gave these dogs and cats a chance to go into a home and create happiness within that home and then those people all their lives are affected and then they go out into the world and share that love and just the positivity that you're putting into your county and the passion that you have for it i hope you just know the positive effect that you have on not just a number within within the dogs and cats and the cats so thank you for coming out and then sigh as always it's never too late for a happily ever after